Welcome to the morning meeting with Sarah and Jess, where the tea is hot, the wine is chilled, and no topic is off limits. Pull up a chair and join us. There is room for all of you here. We won't limit seating, we'll just build a bigger table. Let's Let's begin begin today's meeting. Hi everyone and welcome to this very special bonus episode of the morning meeting with Sarah and Jess. Today it will be just me. Jess is unable to make it so you have Sarah here today recording with our very special guest who I'll introduce to you in a moment. I'm doing some work for a course project actually um, and Jess isn't feeling too hot today but hi Jess we miss you and I know our guest misses you too. Um, I was very excited to have this opportunity to record a podcast however for my final assignment submission this semester and I've been so excited to sit down with our guest today since I started this course way back in September. I am currently studying the fundamentals of sustainability for my master's in education program. And for our final assignment, we have been asked to identify a source of vigor in our community and to learn more about their good work or great work, as Thomas Berry calls it. A source of vigor is defined by Nico Rorta as opportunities that tackle complex sustainability issues. And the source of vigor I wanted to learn more about was the Good Food Bus. So it is my absolute pleasure to sit down with the program coordinator, Emma Jarrett, to learn more. Emma Jarrett is born and raised in Cape Breton and is proud to be laying down her roots here at home. She spends the majority of her days traveling the roads of Cape Breton, making nutritious food more accessible. When she's not on the road, she can be found hanging out with friends and family baking up a storm in the kitchen, and spending time outdoors. She loves being involved in her community and is proud of the role she plays in the food security world with her position with the Good Food Bus. For any of you listeners who attended our Valentine's Day event back in February, you may recognize Emma as an attendee who is having so much fun and bringing major energy to our virtual party with her friend Kat. Jess and I were loving it. They were having such a great time. We wish we were where they were celebrating Valentine's with them, (laughs) Uh, but we were happy to have you on virtually. And I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Hi, Emma. Um, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really excited to sit down with you and chit chat and, you know, have a great afternoon. (laughs) The feeling is mutual. I can't wait. Um, And thank you. Emma's taking time on her day off to join me today and chat about her work. So we can all appreciate that and the energy (laughs) that takes. So we really appreciate your time today, Emma. Emma, for our listeners, Um, For our morning meeting listeners, people would know that we're based in Cape Breton already, but for many of my classmates who will also be listening to this recording, they are from all over the world. Well, all over the country and a few around the world, I believe. Um, So they, some of them may be familiar with Cape Breton. They may have lived here and moved away, but they may have never been here. Um, So through our chat, I think we'll teach them not only a little bit about the good food bus, but also some of the unique challenges that our community faces here. So why don't we start off by you telling us what the Good Food Bus is? Okay, yeah, absolutely. The Good Food Bus is, you know, it's a pretty simple model. Um, I like to just simplify it a bit and Mm -hmm. explain it as it's a produce aisle that you would find in your grocery store, but on wheels. And so- what we do, <clears throat> we load up a bus with fresh fruits and vegetables and some shelf-stable items and travel to communities throughout Cape Breton Island and make food more accessible. And so that's one thing about Cape Breton is our communities are so spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we have a lot of food deserts here. Mm-hmm. So communities that are, you know, off the beaten path and don't have transportation options. They don't have grocery stores. There's a lot of that, like fishing communities and things like that. And um, so we try to make our best effort to take the bus into these communities and make uh, shopping for healthy food that's going to nourish your bodies easier um so the bus is a retrofitted bus so we 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 got this bus it's awesome and um we're actually on our second bus we can talk more about that later and what we did is you take we took some seats out and just simply put some shelving units in the bus a little cash area 
and people just approach the serving window as you would uh, any food truck and order your produce for the week. And we yeah. just, just that simple. Um, I love yeah. that description of it. Like your produce aisle on wheels. So yeah. it's, that's is such a simple and really informative way um, to explain it. Um, I know when I was reading on the website, like the aim is to ease barriers mm-hmm. to accessing good food. Yes. Right. Like by bringing an affordable fresh food market on wheels. So I'm reading that from the website directly Um, in terms of like accessibility and breaking down barriers for people. And many of the challenges that you just mentioned in our different communities and the different challenges, different communities face. I know I live in Sydney, which is kind of like the hub, the hub, the metropolis of Cape Breton. Yeah. (laughs) And grocery stores, but it's, um, you know, for communities, for so many, I think we have more communities that, don't have the proper access or say if you you know you you don't have a vehicle you expected to get to your grocery store to get any food or you know access can look so many different ways or you know maybe someone is just you know struggling financially and so you can't really purchase um you know especially now our fruit and vegetables are so expensive so you know we're just trying to to make things a little bit easier to be able to nourish your bodies. Yeah. And can you, can you elaborate on that a little more? Because I love that idea too. So the idea is that you can purchase this fresh produce, but it's also in smaller portions. Is that correct? Absolutely. So that's a whole, so, so the name of the game for the good food bus, really the bottom line is to make things affordable. Um, and so part of the way to do that is, and then, and then that branches out into right. so many different options of what else, what else we strive for. Right. And so we purchase items in, we purchase our food in large quantities. And so we'll get like 50 pound bags of potatoes, 50 pounds of carrots. And, you know, the list goes on, these large boxes of produce. And then break it down and so someone can come and and usually you get like a two pound bag of potatoes and that's like two dollars or something so by purchasing the larger quantities and just breaking it down spending a little bit more time on repackaging the food Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it just makes it a little bit more affordable it's also reducing food waste which is important you know like yes you know, instead of having to go and buy a whole huge bag of carrots, if you're not really a carrot family, you just do yeah. dishes, you know, come and buy two carrots, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, so that that's home for me. <laughs> that example really lands for me. You know, I need carrots. two carrots. <laughs> and when I make them and serve them to my toddlers, they're not going to eat them. So the other seven get wasted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think that really like helps people and like and seniors as well is another that I've noticed. So families come, parents will come for to to get more food. So right, like Ooh, I want a dozen oranges, a dozen apples, right. But then the seniors will come and say, I just need the two carrots and one pear and right because if I buy a bunch, or if I buy a bag, it just goes bad. So right. You know, it it this model helps so many different levels of um of families and homes. You know, yeah, and it's helping on an economic standpoint, like you said, the affordability of it, but also environmentally in terms of limiting food waste and being more conscious of like the amounts and quantities that you're ordering. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, can you tell me more about where this idea came from? Like, are we the first good food bus? Is this model happening in other places? Like, how did this all come about? Yeah, totally. I think we're the first like good food bus mobile market for Cape Breton. Right. Um, I haven't seen it around other than ours. Yeah. But we're definitely not the first model. We've so so let's go back a little bit. This might be yeah. a long-winded answer. That's okay. I love it. You tell us. We're here to learn. Yeah. So how it started, and I wasn't really, I wasn't involved in this whole process. But okay. Started. So I believe it was um, United Way Cape Breton. Mm-hmm. Was the, 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 they're the folks who came up with the idea of needing to address the food issues that we're mm-hmm. having here in Cape Breton. And so what they did is they they got some key players, some key community folks around a table and said, what can we do? Um, 
you know, there was like our like CBRM folks were there, mm -hmm. all kinds of different community groups. Then we they built a, an advisory team. And as part of that, they brought New Don Enterprises into the picture. And that was um, the Better Bite division of New Don, which was the food division that does Meals on Wheels and the Better Bite Cafe. And so they kind of like handle the food aspect of things. Mm -hmm. And so they brought New Don into the picture. And um, one thing led to another, I guess. And New Don came on as the host organization. So they just, they needed an organization to take on like hire a coordinator do the accounting, have the capacity to build a program, you know, uh, the proper way. Um, and so, yeah, New Don took that on. And then, uh, so at the time, I was unemployed. I was, I was just transitioning out of a job that I had had and, you know, looking for the next thing I was going to do. And uh, I had a friend who worked in the building who, you know, knew that this job was happening. And one thing led to another, a few conversations and meetings and things like that. And uh, I was sent some materials to say, like, look, at, look into this. Do you think it'd be something you'd like to do or do you think you could take this on? And uh, I came in, I met with uh, Claire Turpin, who at the time was the manager of the Better Bite division. She's since moved on. but we had this meeting and one thing led to another and I was the coordinator of the good food bus. Wow. <laughs> Lucky so, them. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So what they did was, um, it was funny. They were like, she was like, okay, yeah, you can, you want to do this uh, program. Let's work together to make it happen. And I was leaving. She was like, oh yeah. And you're cool with driving the, driving the bus. Right. right. I was like, yes I am like let's just do this let's you don't need any special license to drive the bus was it was it like nerve-wracking the first time you got behind that wheel yes it was absolutely I was yeah. like it on my chest but like it was cool it was fun too and you know what I thought the same thing I surely need some sort of special license for this um but when I looked into it, they were like, you're only driving you and the fruit and veggies, so you don't need it. So that was a funny little thing. I always tell that story. But we did go. I So as I was, I was handed a bus, an out of service transit bus, um, and said as, as a pilot project, this was our bus to get it started. Mm -hmm. Part of that, I traveled up to Halifax to job shadow uh, the mobile food market. Okay. So they do something similar in Halifax. It's a little, our model is a little different because we have a bus and it's our own bus and we can, you know, travel throughout the week or whenever we want. Right. But the model in Halifax is they, at the time, had retrofitted um, a transit, an in-service transit bus. Uh, week. So okay. And they would just do it that day. Now I think they've since, you know, moved on and they have their own boss and it's great but I went up job shadowed for a while and we kind of just like mimicked it to to provide the same service to yeah CBN. yeah and when so, was that Emma when did it officially launch that was in 2019 wow so through COVID was that still what did that look like oh yeah that was like a, a, so the bus has gone through um three or four different transitions of what the service looks like um COVID we started in August of 2019 so we had those warm the fall months you know mm -hmm. it was really nice to do outside markets which mm -hmm. it was at the time um but then we were thinking well I was thinking how am I going to go into the winter with like okay I have to transition it I'm still brand new to this transition it into winter markets was trying to get wrap my head around that and then bam there was oh, a pandemic <laughs> and wow. I was like we were you know we were trying to put our heads together um and what it turned into is we just moved into the a different version of the good food bus and we did good food packs oh right uh, we worked with um we it gave us an you know I I kind of sometimes say that the pandemic, it was, you know, horrible, you know, life-changing times that was. But for the Good Food Bus program itself, I think it um, maybe it potentially was a little bit of like a, 
you hate to say like a blessing in disguise. No, I get it. I get it. I think there's lots of lessons to be learned from the pandemic. I think, honestly, I think the pandemic taught all of us a lot more, even in the realm of sustainability in general, like what really matters in terms of time and what's sustainable and in terms of lifestyle, right? Yeah, yeah there's definitely lessons to be learned through it. 100%. Yeah. Like for the good food boss, it was, it was people were afraid to go into the grocery stores. You remember those early days? Right. Yes. I remember washing down my groceries. Yeah, I'm like washing everything, you know? Yes. Everything was seemed to be safer if we did it outside. And right. so it gave us an opportunity to say, like, you know, come to the good food bus when we got it back on the road and do your shopping outside, you know? And, yeah. um, so it, it was a little bit in that aspect, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. But what we did was we, in the, the beginning of the pandemic days, um, shifted to the good food packs. So I would use the bus to go and collect items like, you know, like from grocery stores, like bulk soups and breakfast items and things that we would put in these food hampers and um, gave me an opportunity to work with even more community groups so something that the good food bus really relies on is the support of of partnerships with groups in the communities because the community groups know the people that are going to come they know them they know our customers really better than we would especially in those beginning days and so it gave me an opportunity to establish new partnerships with groups and you know um it was it was really like trying times, of course, but looking back on it, it was a lot of hard work and in wild times, but, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta find some positives out of it all, you know? Yeah. And I, hearing that, it makes me think of how important like making those connections were in that time. And really that gave you the time to do that. It almost shifted the focus in like nurturing those connections and community relationships so that the good foods good food bus could be sustainable moving forward right yeah they, the community groups and those relationships um played like they play vital roles in our communities right yeah. and they they know the people and they know we were making these packs and trying to help people um access food different food mind you we were still offering we were still giving fruits and vegetables but we were adding other items that were bread and juice and different things like that the families need um but we didn't know who to give them to right you know so yeah yeah yeah, it it gave the time to be able to yeah build those friendships with yeah and how important of a time to focus on nourishment and like nourishment of the body, right? And giving people access to do that. And also giving them somewhere to go that they felt safe and still able to purchase food that they needed in a safer environment during those times, right? Because that was, I mean, going to the grocery store was scary, really, at that time. Yeah, yeah. We did take the bus off of the, I did take the bus off of the road for a brief moment there because we did have to focus on building the food campers. Right. And the groups would come to the um, Altuic Arts Center. Yeah. Was, you know, and they would pick up, you know, one group would have 100 uh, food campers and then the next group would have like 80 and they would take them off. And then wow. they would take them off and deliver them to the homes. Um, wow. But yeah, we would still, the bus was still in motion doing work for that. Different. The program was still in motion. Yeah. Like your work was still, be, the good work was still being done. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and then it's the, so when I say the program changed so many times, so it changed that one time to move into good food packs. And then we were able, we were so, so grateful um, for the support of our, you know, community partners um, to be able to access a new bus, which was really vital to the success of the program. And so then shifts the program again, because people aren't going on to the bus, the shop, we're just, it's a window service, you know? Right, right. Oh, oh my God, yeah. There's been many versions of the Good Food Bus, and it, it's all just in the same, same bottom line is just to make food accessible. Yeah. For those of you listening who may not be familiar, is it fair to say, Emma, that New Dawn is a non-for-profit organization? 
and the good food program would be as well. Yeah, so New Dawn is a nonprofit organization that has focuses on, um, you know, building a self-reliant, sustainable future for our communities. And so the Good Food Bus was a, a nice fit when they when they brought that into the organization. Um, but there's many different kind of, I like to explain it as like an umbrella. Um, yeah. So there's like a healthcare division, which is, like I said, Meals on Wheels better by cafe the good food bus but then there's like a housing division and um you know there's the cape breton center for immigration there's all kinds of different avenues that lay under the new dawn umbrella right yeah, yeah. and yeah. and your non-for-profit program so you're buying food in bulk you're you're Securing food in bulk, is that fair to say? Is this food being purchased? Is it donated? Is it is it both? What does that model look like? Well, yeah, it's being purchased. So yeah. the food bus um, does rely on funding applications. So a large part of, you know, different parts of the year, we might be putting in applications to different funding opportunities. And that's to maintain the bus, um, you know, pay salaries, mm -hmm. um, you know, buy the food, which all kinds of different fuel the bus, different yeah. things. Because the, yeah, the Go Food Bus really relies on funding applications. And there's also an avenue of building up a, a, a subsidy fund, which then goes into making the food more affordable for folks. And right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're you secure this food, is it at the local grocery stores? Is it local farms? Is it a mix of both? I know you're buying large quantities, so it has to be from somewhere that can serve that. I assume. <laughs> yeah. So what I do right now is we started off with a, a partnership with the superstore, the Olympic. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that was because the mobile food market had that relationship already established, and so we just kind of approached our local superstore with the same ask right and it was a partnership um to get the bus off the ground you know mm -hmm. and then to look into different options to get larger quantities and so right. now what i do is order in bulk through uh a large supplier through like okay. um i do order nova scotia maritime provinces products right um but then, like things like oranges and avocados and bananas and stuff, of course, <laughs> right? Um, you'd be, it's funny sometimes people will come up to the bus and be like, "So, are your oranges local?" <laughs> no, no. But if you can find an orange farm, I would love to talk to them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and then we are working on a partnership with uh, the Cape Breton Food Hub. Oh, and, yeah, you know farmers our local farmers need to make their living off right. of their, you know off of their produce um and so we're just trying to come to a middle ground of making some food affordable for the bus and you know so we i try my best to get as many local products on there right at the end of the day i have to go with what's the most affordable right and it has to be mutually beneficial, like any partnership that's being worked on. So that's understandable. It's, you know, listening to you speak about the, like securing food and making it affordable and what your expenses are, the overhead costs are for running the program. I mean, currently you must be facing some pretty big challenges with the rising price of fuel and food. Like those, we've seen those, like personally, those prices have been skyrocketed for just a your personal use so I'm sure that that's been a challenge for you recently it is it is challenging and I think it's just you know it, it makes it it is it's expensive to to fuel the bus so like you know on the days that we travel really far across the island we do burn a lot of gas but it's a it's a motivator to try to get as many people to the bus try to make right. it show you know for yeah. that we're going to um, so that it's worth it to get yeah. there. Many people benefit from us being in the community. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely challenging, but like anything, like you just 
you have to make it work. Like the right. program stop because of these challenges you face. You just have to get innovative and yeah. you know be smart and wise about the your purchases and um yeah and really our the subsidy fund really comes in handy there too. Um sometimes when we get sometimes we do get items onto the bus and it's they're still pretty expensive, you know? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes a subsidy fund will come in handy if someone's looking to purchase like right now the lettuce is outrageously priced and when it's on the bus people are like really going for it so I might try to make use the subsidy fund to make that a little bit more affordable for folks oh so you're able to use that on the spot sort of thing so that people can afford okay I wasn't understanding that's amazing sometimes the subsidy fund I use it for a variety of different uh reasons sometimes it's like marketing like the right. first 10 to 15 people that get here get $10 off, you know, right. yes, that will come out of the subsidy fund or um, sometimes I'm identifying someone, someone's at the, at the window and they're very clearly trying to make a decision and like mm-hmm. not going to get the lettuce or avocado. We're just going to focus on, you right. know, small amount of stuff. And so if I see that and just say, you know, no, you get $10 off. Yeah. get what you want you know right right that's what the I don't know I I believe that the food is there for people to access we just need to do our part to make it the most accessible so they can go home and nourish their bodies nourish their children their families you know um so yeah there's a variety of ways to utilize that subsidy fund right that's beautiful I'm so glad you're doing that work and in the communities you're traveling to is all over to Cape Breton, am I right? So it's not just CBRM specific, but communities around the island or across the island. Getting the new bus, you know. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And how do people know you're coming? What is that marketing strategy? How do you get people to the bus when you visit these communities? A lot of a variety of things. The biggest thing I would say is the our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Try to keep that pretty um stacked with, you know, schedules and um facts about. We just I I try the the Facebook page is definitely the the biggest uh place where we do the marketing, but also the community groups come in handy when mm-hmm. it comes. To that. Yeah, there's that network there. You know, like. I send them a poster. They'll hang it in the fire hall and their corner stores. The good food bus is coming next Wednesday or whatever, you know. Um, the the I will say the community groups play a major role there. And that was a big thing in the beginning days. I that was a huge that was a huge factor in, in building these relationships. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, are you willing to take on this, like to help us get people to the bus? And they're all just like, of course they were. They're all like, absolutely. Anything, yeah. you know, the people who do run these community groups are just gems. Yeah. I love to hear that because so many times in this course, I was reminded how important relationship and communication is in the world of sustainability. And I'll be honest, in some of the ways we were reading or studying um, this work, I don't come from a science background or environmental background, but I do come from the communication discipline. Um, So I was a little bit nervous that I wouldn't connect with the material in the same way, or I would have a harder time. I just was reminded time and time again of how important relationship is and building connections and building community and what that basis of community looks like. And I think everything you spoke about thus far is a testament to that, right? Those networks you create and those relationships you foster, it all needs to work together in order for this to work, right? And to make these things sustainable. And I think that's a lesson for all of us when it comes to trying to live a more sustainable lifestyle. We, we all have an individual role to play, but we all can contribute to like larger work that's happening, right? Absolutely. You know, like without the without a community group doing so much hard work to, to host events and, you know, when we have... Um, disasters like uh, the Fiona hurricane that just right. um the community groups are the first ones to to step up and yeah bringing in communication with that it's like 
they sit down, they talk about what the needs are of their community, you know, and it's, there's a huge aspect to communication and talking things through there that it, for success in every, in our community, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we read about, um, in one of our readings, Martin Mulligan um, identifies that we all need to learn how to travel, hopefully. And it's one of the um, nine sustainability principles. And it's learn how to travel, hopefully, in a world of uncertainty. And mm-hmm. that just, it landed everything we've been learning for me. Um, and I think we can take that and apply it to all kinds of different areas of our life as well. For me, it was parenting right away. Like, that is what parenting is to me. You you were traveling, hopefully, in a world of uncertainty all of the time. Um, and I, when I was prepping for this chat and listening to you speak so far, I feel like the good food bus is just such a visual representation of that. You are traveling, literally, right? Hopefully, in this world of uncertainty and just trying to provide a little bit of certainty for people in a in a healthy, nourishing, accessible way. So I just love that. So lovely. Um, what are some of those major issues, affordability, accessibility, any others that you can identify that the Good Food Bus is seeking to challenge or change with the work you're doing? I would say they're, they're, they are the biggest, um, biggest issues. The other one is transportation, mm-hmm. um, comes into play too. You, you might not think like food and transportation, but I did touch on this, but where our communities are so widespread, if you don't have a vehicle and you don't have access to your know, lo- local transit, or even sometimes our taxi companies don't travel, right. so, you know, um, how are you supposed to get healthy food yeah. um, unless you have a neighbor who's willing to drive you into town or something? And so that's one thing on top of affordability, accessibility, the transportation part comes into it. Although we're not providing transportation, we are taking the service to people. Right. Um, so I guess that would be something I would add to that as well. And that makes it more equitable as well, right? Like I'm thinking of a single parent who can't get to the grocery store because they can't leave their kids and they can't take them with them and they don't all fit in a cab or they don't, you know, like things that all of those factors, there's so many different situations or scenarios where that really isn't realistic for people. It's not as easy as just popping over to the grocery store. So yeah. you're allowing them that space to do that in a different way, in a, in a more accessible way. That's great. It also is like a sense of pride too. And like so many, we're also like, we just want to have this pride in our lives, right? Like be proud of what we're doing. And to be able to go to the Good Food Bus and purchase food for your family, that maybe if you went a different option and went to, you know, grocery store where the food might be a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. um, you would have to make more harder choices and maybe leave some things behind. Yes. So having this option to be able to purchase what you need for your family and, you know, not have it break your bank or or whatever I think that that we're giving people a an opportunity to be self-reliant you know yes yes that opportunity to provide for your yourself right and also like there's so like we have food banks and other options that they people give food you know Mm -hmm. give but sometimes and and like they're so important food banks and food kitchens and things like that they're so important of course they are but there's some people who live that life of you know maybe you don't necessarily need to go to the food bank or go and to a soup kitchen or what have you um but you're also still like trying to like pinch your pennies and trying yes. to um so having this option of an affordable option to provide for your family is you know it it it, it adds that it gives people pride in, in providing yeah. you know what that might be one of the biggest gifts that you're giving people really like giving them the tools a way that they can still provide like you said protect that 
pride and that resilience and just assisting them and making that a little bit easier for themselves. Um, You mentioned the Better Bike Community Kitchen when you were explaining kind of the umbrella of New Dawn. And let's talk about some of that. So is it fair to say the Good Food Bus is a program under the Better Bite um, smaller umbrella division? Thank you. That's the word. I think so. Yeah, absolutely, yes. I think now we're under more of like a, it's like the healthcare division. Okay. Because food is a part of healthcare, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just food. I point it was the Better Bite division. Right. But I think it's the healthcare division, which has like home care, meals on wheels, the Better Bite um, cafe, and then the Good Food Bus. And so, yeah, the Better Bite, um, which some people might not realize. So in the Altuic Arts Center, there's a cafe. It's it's awesome. It's unreal. It's such good food. Awesome pizza. It awesome. really is delicious. I've been there a few times. It's so good. There's all kinds of art on the wall. It's awesome. Um, but all of the revenue from the Better by Cafe goes into Meals on Wheels. Okay. Which is, um you know, mostly seniors, I believe, are the clients, but there's also like anyone can take part in the program. Um, and it's just meal, it just is what it is. The meals are taken right to the homes of the clients and they're beautiful, nutritious. So yeah, the Better Bite um in as a whole is a wonderful division that and then there's like a whole education side of it as well, where there's um workshops like food cooking programs things like that um just always being innovative of, of different programs and different ways to provide education and and food work um, yeah that it focuses on and that's so nice to hear that because that's such an important aspect of all of this as well right is providing people with the tools to live healthier more sustainable lives and you can't just assume people know how to do that and giving them the tools and the education and the accessibility to the actual food, but just teaching them what, how to nourish your bodies and how to cook the food and, you know, those different aspects and those different opportunities for education is so important as well. You mentioned the Meals on Wheels um, brings the food to the houses and it's mostly seniors. For the good food bus, can you tell us who can access it, who should be accessing it, you know, should people feel like, oh, that's not for me? That's for a certain um, group or demographic. What is that mandate? Who is the good food bus? Who does the good food bus want to serve? Right. Oh, I've been, I'm so happy you asked this question. <laughs> the main thing I'm trying to combat right now is this question that people have. So I think, so when we started the good food bus, it was, you know, when you're starting anything new, you do radio interviews, newspaper interviews, and you're so happy to have that positive um, marketing out there. But in the beginning days, I would explain it as, you know, going into the communities, high poverty, families need help. You know, there was a lot of that wording used. Right. That's kind of what I was, that's how my thoughts were about what, who we right. were there. Right. It turned into there was a bit of a stigma attached to the good food bus, um, where people would often, you know, I'd have people in my personal life being like, "Oh no, I'm not going to the good food bus because I'm not going to take that away from someone. Like I'm not taking that. No, I don't. I won't be there. Don't worry, you won't see me there." And I'm like, and it's just it's been an uphill climb since then um, to try to convince people that no, 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 it's for everyone anyone and everyone who doesn't need access to healthy food you know right. like we all need food it's right. a part of living um we all need healthy food and so that's what I'm trying to combat now is just getting people to you know get on board with the fact that it's it can be a cool hip thing to go yes definitely you know? and it, by no means would you be taking away from anyone because the more people that come to the Good Food Bus, the better it can be. You know, right. it would be awesome to have a sellout market every time. I mean, we often do. It's so great. But, you know, that's just something I'm trying to 
bottom line, everyone is welcome. If I sometimes use the like, you know, Oprah, it's like, you get a yes. <laughs> I'm like, you're welcome at the good food bus and you're welcome. Everybody's welcome. I love it. I can see the meme of Oprah now, you doing that. Like, you can come and you can come. Yeah. I actually did that once, like in the early days when I realized, like, oh, shoot, I really kind of set this up a little wrong this morning right that one out and I think it got a lot of likes good I bet it did people can relate to that one <laughs> I'm so glad you said that that's an important thing to educate people on then right to break that stigma and it's so interesting Emma because again going back to my course like I've taken the approach or I've looked at a lot of this course material through a communication lens and I've noticed so often the importance language plays right? How we talk about something is what people know about it or impacts our perceptions of it. Or so good for you for realizing that like, okay, it's the language that needs to be shifted so that people's perceptions of this service can shift. And I mean, you said it in the beginning, it's a produce aisle of your grocery store on wheels. I mean, who doesn't want to access that? That sounds amazing, right? So it is for all of us. And, and maybe if more of us come to it, to access that service, is it, am I understanding it correctly? It's kind of like that supply and demand, like the more of us that go to it and need it, the more you can serve and the more you can. Yeah, absolutely. So like how it goes, so you're, you're bang on there. So um, like each month when I'm planning a schedule of markets, mm-hmm. I'll look back on when I, last time I was in Escazoni, how many customers came? What were the sales? Like, oh, there was like, it was a sellout day. I'll get double the amount mm. or I should go there more often. Right. They come, they, they use it, you know, right. And absolutely it's a supply and demand. You, you, you know, you go to the places that use it the most mm-hmm. and get the places that are kind of hesitant to come on board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Right. Education is so important. Um, I will. I will be bringing my kids to order their bananas or their lettuce from the food. Like how fun. My son would love that. Right. And it, it allows me an opportunity to start a relationship with them with nourishing food in a different way too. Right. And with community. Yeah. I often have kids like come and they're like, oh, mom, I always wanted to try avocado. Right. Oh, we never get it in the, in the grocery store because you have to be smart about your purchases and right. I don't anywhere you go you have to be smart about your purchases. of course of course find a signal out of the grocery store after. no no I understand yeah but you know perhaps at the good food bus they can give it a try you know right. yeah you could buy one and not a bag or yeah yeah exactly right yeah and you know what like the community groups play a huge role in that as well um in trying to change that conversation so sometimes a, a group might access some funding that they have to spend on food for their community um and they'll contact me and say how can we work together they'll buy a hundred coupons yeah. and let their community know a hundred of you go and get free food from the good food bus wow you know and so and then that gives someone an opportunity to come and oh my God, we've had so many new customers saying like, I didn't realize that I could have come here, you know, or. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So there's all kinds of different ways to combat this stigma that the, that we're climbing uphill trying to combat it. But it's things like this. Being yeah. with you today is, you know, you have a different audience that might, there might be five people listening today that, the same thing. Yeah, that's right. I hope there is. And you know what? I'm thinking we had to do a different assignment this semester where we're like reflecting on our um, patterns of consumption and behavior and, and then reflecting on or planning on how we can implement change. And there's a few things that I see how we run our household that we can implement change. And now I can't wait to add this to the list, right? Like, buying food differently and and being more considerate of food waste and purchase our purchasing behavior changing in this way and just creating a different community connection I think is is so beneficial in its own right in this form of purchasing your food and connecting with community in that way Emma you are scheduling and driving the bus and 
purchasing the food and marketing it and sharing it and teaching us all about it. What you're doing this all on your own as the coordinator. Can you talk to us about the structure of the good food bus? Are you the only employee? Does it rely on volunteers? Do you need more volunteers? What does that look like for you? Absolutely. Yes. So short answer is, yeah, I'm the only <laughs> person. Wow. Um, I shouldn't, I sh- I'm not, I'm definitely not going to take all the glory here. There's a team of highly, highly, um, talented people at New Dawn who, you know, have my back wholeheartedly and um, advise and they're there for me to ask questions to. And there's, you know, the Better Bife uh, crew there. They're they're my coworkers. So, you know, although I'm on the bus by myself all the time and kind of a one gal show, um, you know, I still have a team of folks who support and they're there for me to bounce ideas off of and things like that. We do, so I do get, I've been successful so far in accessing like summer grant students. Amazing. Great to have people. The summertime, of course, is so busy. Right. Um, and so it's been really great to have for three years in a row now, we've had um, a student, which has been awesome. And usually like within funding applications, we'll put in a little bit of money to be able to keep that student on for part-time or something. Great. Great. And so, yes, there's some help for sure, but I am definitely the only person, you know, as the sole, you know, person with the good food bus. Right. Responsible. Yeah. Responsible is the word. (laughs) Um, I do rely heavily on volunteers for sure. Volunteers are the backbone of this, of this, you know. Yeah, they really are. Gems, gems, gems. Um, And so there's a lot, we have a lot of really wonderful volunteers. Um, who help out and they can come you know I have a lot of uh, the international students who are here in our community and it's providing the good food bus is providing them with an opportunity to see the island wow yeah what a unique way to immerse yourself in a community and culture that way now I have a couple seats on the bus now um, and I'm allowed to drive with them on a volunteer to on the bus and Sometimes there'll be a few volunteers will come with me and they'll see Iona or yeah. Um, Does that help alleviate some of the work stressors that you would have in your day to day operations of the Good Food Bus? Yeah, it helps with the market for sure, like for the market day. So you know, it helps to have two people there. Someone usually I'm there talking to the customers and explaining to new customers and things like that, taking orders. And someone will be in the back packaging the order up, and it helps with the productivity of the whole. Yeah, the efficiency of it. I'm sure. There's the word. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. It's you know, volunteers and having someone extra on the bus really, really helps. You talked about the market day. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Do you have a market day every week? Is it what does that look like? Yeah, um, market day. So right now. I'm doing two market days a week. We'll have two to three markets um, lined up in a day. A really a market day starts two days before the market. So so today is a Monday. Monday is a food order day. And okay. it's researching on how, look at the community groups you're going to. Um, not community groups. Look at the communities you're going to, how they've reacted to the bus previous month, and then order your food. Uh, appropriately for for this week. Right. So the food come in tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Get that all set up. Uh, repackage into smaller portions. Get the potatoes, the spinach, everything into smaller portions. Then Wednesday is our first market day of the week, and so how that looks is it starts off by a little bit of heavy lifting. Get your workout in for the day. <laughs> the bus. Um, and get it all set up, and then hit the road. Travel to your first first uh community and put out change the menu sign get your prices up and put the sign out and it's it's literally just that simple and people just come up to the bus and the at we usually stay in each community for an hour and then after an hour passes by close the window get everything kind of reorganized restock your shelves and hit the road to the next community I try to structure the markets in a way that 
the communities kind of like follow a path for each day, of course. Oh, nice. So how many communities do you visit a day, like on average? What does that look like? Three communities a day usually. Wow. Yeah, so usually five to six a week is what we'll do. Um, and I try to go to each community once a month, which would be something I would like to see improved is more consistency in communities, maybe bi-weekly or something. Right. But with one boss, one person, you know, one driver, you can only get to so many communities. Yeah, those are some real challenges that you, you know, you have to work within what's manageable for you to actually do, right? Actually do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's how market day looks. It's, it is really quite simple. I mentioned it already, but in one of our readings for this course, we talk about um, Thomas Berry's concept of great work. And he describes it as now great work should be um, to carry out um, the transition from a period of human devastation of the earth to a period when humans would be present to the planet in a mutually beneficial matter. And hearing you speak so passionately about the work you're doing with the Good Food Bus, I think it's fair to say that you are doing great work every day. Um, so I want to take it back to the personal dimension of the work you've been doing since you started this job. How has it impacted you since you started working with the Good Food Bus? What has it taught you about community and connection, if anything? You know, what are some of the main lessons you've learned through your good work? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, oh my God, the list could go on, really. This is something that, this position that I've held for, for years now, and it's something that will definitely sit with me for life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been rewarding. It's been challenging. It's been, um, the mental capacity has been another side of it um, that I really didn't expect. Uh, hard conversations with people beautiful conversations so you know um it's opened my eyes to the challenges that my neighbors and friends face it's opened my eyes to my privilege my personal privilege of growing up in a with a life that I feel so grateful for you know I've Mm -hmm. always been provided with things that I've needed and that's not the reality for so many Mm -hmm. um and so personally, the personal dimensions of this job are, I, it, it definitely, someday when I move on from this, the things that I've learned from this will, will just carry forward, you know, mm-hmm. into whatever I move into next. I've, I've worked a lot of positions of, so, so far in my life of uh, nonprofit and out of nonprofit. Um, I've learned the the value in nonprofit organizations to our communities It's mm-hmm is they're invaluable like it's you know it's incredible uh the flexibilities that a nonprofit has to be able to meet challenges in our communities someone like new don i know we're just like oh this needs to happen in our community sure let's figure it out right let's just do it you know yeah Yeah. bringing it down to the human level right? right like yeah so i mean one thing i would say um it's definitely i really didn't expect the mental the mental uh, health side of things that right. that I've seen both personally and just through having conversations. Sometimes a day can be so hard, so yes. heavy. You, know, you go home and you're like, I can't even talk to one more person. Like sometimes there's tears when yes. I eat a bag of food. Sometimes there's just big joy and oh, I got this for ten dollars. You know, right. like. So it's a roller coaster of emotions every day. Um, but I think it taught me to really ensure to focus on myself too. Like, you know, people have the tendency to to not really focus on ourselves. But this this job really taught me that, you know, in order to help folks out and help people out, you have to you have to get yourself give yourself the help you need to you know yeah if Jess was here with us today she would say you can't pour from an empty cup like if you're going to be filling people's cups up all day figuratively and literally you have to make sure that you're filling yours right taking the time to do that and really the work you just mentioned I mean you are doing real emotional labor like that is a true aspect of the work you're doing right it's a byproduct of the type of work you do daily you're you're connecting with humans in such a special way 
and through food and through security, which are such important elements of a human experience. And food can be so, you know, depending on different cultures, we all have different relationships with food, but it's so meaningful. And it's not only the food that we're nourishing our bodies with, but it's also how we build relationships and connections or we build it through or around the idea of food right so giving people those tools and opportunities to do that you know food is like it's it's so important to um mental health um you know this was really it shined bright with the recent hurricane fiona Mm. um i think i've seen a bigger a bigger food issue with the hurricane fiona than i did with the pandemic and that might wow. be that might be a huge statement to make and someone might be like that's a crazy thing to say but food, like with locally where we had this hurricane fiona yes out of we had no power for what some people were over a week you know yeah. or some places were longer right absolutely mm-hmm. and then so what that turned into is not everyone has the luxury of having a generator right and they lost all their food, which, and so the, those markets where we, I finally got the bus on the road, that was the biggest, they were the biggest emotionally charged markets that I've experienced. People had no food. There was right. no, like they threw everything out because it all went to waste, yeah. um, you know? And so that was a, like, you know, and when, when, when that, when you don't have food and you don't have your essential need, then that sparks like fear, you know, and yeah, and and then we're all on the same page. Yes, yeah, no exactly. Situation, yeah. I'm like blinking back tears listening to you speak about that because I can just visualize. I mean, like freezer fulls, fridge full of food being thrown out, and like, oh, yeah. it's just it happened sad in any way, like in any situation. But I know in certain scenarios that is even more devastating, right? To mm-hmm. some families and some people, it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I bet yeah. you did. Well, Emma, the work you're doing is so important. And I know that you've highlighted some of the good food buses successes already, but what are some of the key successes you feel or that you're most proud of, of all this work you've been doing over the last few years? Yeah, definitely. So we did like, you know, we did talk about some pretty deep things and yeah. But it's not always that deep. Sometimes, (laughs) most of the time, I'd like to, there are a lot of great successes. There are a lot of happy, happy moments. And um, just to highlight some, I guess, you know, like just seeing the happy faces on the bus every day. That's first and foremost. But then there's this one thing that we got ourselves into during the pandemic year. And that was the holiday market that we have every year. Um, And what we do is we just, you know, build up some funding uh and and put on a holiday market it's free for the participants we work with the community groups that we work with to access the participants and these folks will get a ticket they come to our market it's not a market on the bus it's in the Altuic Arts Center okay um and they get everything needed for a turkey dinner Christmas breakfast lots of treats wow Years past, they got like presents and things like that. This year, we're going to scale it back and focus on the food because that's yes. thing. That's yeah. Um, but I think that's a really beautiful success, and that's like that's a good food bus thing. Whereas I've been really involved in it the past few years, but it's also a Better Bite New Dawn initiative. You know, community groups, partnerships. We'd like to see that build and build and build to be a wonderful, um, a wonderful event that we build together with community groups and, yeah that's you know, amazing yeah so that's a success for sure um the new bus was an incredible success and Incred- that that added a lot of value to this program um and i think the other thing is the development of the subsidy fund was a big success as well because that just allows it just makes the food even more accessible right financially, you know that yeah, it meets amazing. your mandate even on a deeper level or like make that even more accessible and affordable. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. I had no idea about the subsidy fund. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Yeah. Um, if communities or organizations or businesses or anyone listening personally wants to 
help or donate or contribute to these funds or to the operation of the Good Food Bus or otherwise? Is there a way to do that? Or what do you recommend for people in that way? Yeah, absolutely. We're always, you know, welcoming people to get involved or if someone feels inclined to donate, it would all be used very wisely, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the best ways are to, you know, reach out to the Good Food Bus Facebook page. It would be myself answering or someone from, we work with Anchored Ideas, which I know you know them. They're so awesome. They're the best. They are the best. Yeah. They rock. Um, You know, so you could reach out to the Facebook page, um, give us a call. Um, the website gives you lots of uh, information about sending an email, the Good Food Bus email. It would be wonderful to, you know, get involved and in, or accept donations or what have you, whatever. Even and, if you don't ask a question. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And yeah. I'll share the website for everyone in the show notes and on my um, in my assignment that I submit for this. But your email is thegoodfoodbus at newdon.ca. Perfect. Yeah. If you could dream for the future, any strategic plans for future work, where do you see the good food bus going? Where do you want it to go? What does that look like for you, Emma? Yeah, I think the the good food bus has so much potential for expansion. Um, I just recently, funny, we talked about the mobile food market in Halifax. Mm -hmm. I recently had a conversation with them, just touching base, see how they're doing, see how we're doing. And um, they have like a director who makes, who does funding, who does like the, you know, getting the program on base. And then there's a market, yeah, a market coordinator. And then there's a community outreach coordinator. So I would like to see the good food bus just expand with staffing a little bit. Perhaps that could lead to another good food bus. I would think that would be, that would be incredible. I mean, I think there's some work to be done to reach that point, but of course you could reach, just meet more needs go beyond the road all of the days you know right Right. and in different communities like more often right absolutely or yeah absolutely so I think that would be incredible to have two buses yeah we had a we have we've we've spent some time building a relationship with Feed Nova Scotia they're awesome they're really great um but we took uh Nick who is the CEO director of uh Feed Nova Scotia on the bus with us to Escazoni one day and we were driving back and he was like we're getting you a double decker yeah <laughs> well I, I, I'm not throwing apples down at people but like I'll take a second bus you yes, know? yes yeah so the options are you know endless and uh, yeah I'd like to see there be refrigeration on the bus mm-hmm. to offer, and I we're working towards that that's some that's a near future reality hopefully um but to be able to offer meals and smoothies and, you know, salads and stuff like that. So that would be a cool thing addition to the program. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. That's so exciting. Is there anything else you want the good food or you want others to know about the good food bus, about the programs? You know what? I think I'm going to drive home the idea that you're welcome at the good uh. food bus. Everyone is welcome, you know. We want to see, we want to see you. We're, we're going to welcome you with open arms. Um, if you have a question about it, ask it. No question is bad. Yeah. Um, that's what I think I'd like to drive home is that every, everyone's encouraged. Everyone needs food. It's an essential thing. Come on and get it. <laughs> yes. I yeah. love that. Everyone is welcome. Everyone and knows. for my classmates listening, so hi to everyone in uh, Education 6101, Fundamentals of Sustainability at CBU, and to our Professor Elise. I hope you've been enjoying our chat. But Emma, if our class, my classmates who are listening in other provinces across the country or other areas of the world, um, if any of them are interested in learning more about how this program got started or how maybe they could start this initiative in their communities could they reach out to you as well emma and to talk more about that that happens all the time i talked to Toronto, who actually we had a nice long meeting and she was she runs a food center in toronto and she was like how do we how do we do a good food bus yes so we spent some absolutely they can reach out we, we can have a chat um i can give you tips and tricks and yeah amazing the more good food buses or mobile markets there are on the road, the better, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. And that must be so exciting to hear from other people who say like, tell me what you're doing so we can do it too. You know, like that's, that must feel good. It's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was in that position at one point. Right. I needed to learn, you know, everyone needs to learn to, in order to, to get something done. So, mm-hmm. you know, I went and learned from the mobile food market and someone else might want to learn something from me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, we yeah. learned so much from you, Emma. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to give you the last word. Everyone deserves access to food. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do is just to add another avenue of access. Um, and so, yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's <laughs> Thank you so much, Emma, for sharing your great work with us. And I really enjoyed our chat. I did too. Thank you so much. It's so cool. Usually I'm cruising on the good food bus listening to the podcast. So this is so funny. Well, the next time you cruise on the good food bus, you can listen to yourself on the morning meeting podcast. It'll be great. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all the work you're doing with the good food bus. This has been lovely to learn so much. I know my classmates will enjoy it as well. And hopefully we'll chat soon and I'll share all of your contact info um, and the contact info for the Good Food Bus and the programs at New Dawn and Better Bite uh, through our episode notes and in my assignments so my classmates can learn more as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a blast, really. Been a blast. You're amazing. I really appreciate it. I'll chat with you soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. You can find us on social media at The Morning Meeting Podcast and connect with us through email at themorningmeetingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for sitting around our table, Sarah and Jess.